Welcome to the Did Nothing Wrong podcast, where we cut through the noise to help you make sense of a chaotic information environment around us. I'm Griff Somke. And I'm Jay McKenzie. On this episode of the Did Nothing Wrong podcast, we talk about Charlie Kirk's latest attempt to not groom teenage girls and how he's hoping it leads to a white nation. We'll also discuss a cautionary tale of how anyone can end up pilled, plus the latest legal problems for the Tate brothers and much more. Well, I think we have to talk about Charlie Kirk and the Lords. As, as Charlie tells <laughs> us, it's not his turning point USA. It's the Lords turning point. So Charlie Kirk leading the Lords turning point USA had a summit recently. And it was very important. And it's a, something we really need to discuss because of, well, the state of our civilization. This entire summit... Uh, praise be, was was all about saving the glorious white race. Wow. Is that what he called it? Every single one of you in this room have what it takes to be a talented person in office or in corporate life. Most importantly, please become a wife and, a, and start a family. That is the most important thing. If you so feel called and want to be happy, I really encourage you to do that. But that shouldn't be the only thing you do. If you so choose, you have the agency to do that. But you could run for office and... By the way, you said the most important thing. Other people already see it in you. So if other people already see that you could run for office, then you need to just agree with other people and go do it. God bless you. Thank you so much. Well, okay. Okay, no, he didn't technically say that, but he, he wasn't very far away. The event in question was called the Turning Point USA's Young Women's Leadership Summit, which is... More than a little ironic because the main focus of the event was how women should give up their careers and have a bunch of, well, preferably white. We, we prefer the mm-hmm. white babies, but lots of babies. <laughs> but stay within your race. Uh, right. You look out of the crowd. It's uh, that certain demographic is pretty predominant here. So I, I'm not sure how giving up on whatever dreams that you have and Charlie Kirk got on that stage and was genuinely trying to talk women out of careers, like lucrative, fulfilling <laughs> careers as Shock. doctors and lawyers and all sorts of important jobs that we need mm-hmm. competent people, to, <laughs> man or woman, to uh, hold in this country. Uh, but he was up there on stage I'm like, hmm, you should... He's really think about that. Mm, if you wait too long, all the good men aren't going to be available. So I'm not sure how giving up everything you wanted in life is going to make you a leader. Uh, but I guess if we want to pretzel logic this a bit, they're convincing women to be leaders of their own house. Well, maybe a better name would be the TPUSA Young Women's Submission Summit or the Obey Your Husband Summit, or the Handmaid's Tale Summit. Yeah, you can come up with some better names there, Charlie. Yeah, I, I don't even see how you end up as the leader of your house. I, I guess you're the leader of your house when your husband's not home. Guess, yeah. You can be in charge of laundry, honey, or what the children eat this week, I guess. I don't know. I mean, maybe if the husband's really, really anti-grain or something. 
<laughs> we only eat keto in this house. And I don't know if she gets a say, but there, there are a few things here and there, a few corners of the home where she can be in charge. Right. It, it's all rather tradcath of them, and, and they're not exactly uh, shying away from this. No. It could just be, yeah, the TPUSA reject modernity, embrace tradition summit. Yeah, yeah. I mean, doesn't really roll off the tongue, but I think it's, I think that's the one. So we were lucky enough to get a report on this event from Madeline Peltz over at Media Matters, who attended the event, so we don't have to. But she wrote about the twisted nature of the message of the event, often coming explicitly from women who have very successful careers at the Lord's TPUSA, telling women (laughs) to give up their careers and have as many white babies as possible. The first speaker she covered at the event, Alex Clark, has two successful podcasts. Wow, it's impressive. A corporate mm-hmm. job at TPUSA. And she got up on stage and told women child care is bad because it's indoctrinating your kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those daycare workers are really trying to trantifa. Actually, I, I need to clarify here because Fox News has decided they've weighed in on the trans-tifa mm-hmm. or tran-tifa debate. We're taking the S out. So the evil, the evil is now trantifa. Uh-huh. So... Mm-hmm. We got we got it wrong. I saw Andy Nose post about that and how this is this is where it's all going now. So obviously they've all settled on a message. They're all got a narrative and they're all on the same sheet of music. So Trantifa mm-hmm. coming soon to a Fox or a Newsmax or a Chud timeline near you. It's a very real organization by people that definitely exist in some sort of organized mass and. Mm-hmm. Andy is going to go infiltrate their meetings. And uh, I don't know. I I remember early on in the white nationalist Antifa, especially the riots in uh, Portland and I guess Seattle, where you are, that in some cases they didn't have enough Antifa to fight. So some of the Proud Boys, white nationalists, those groups actually dressed up as Antifa and then fought the white nationalists so they were really just fighting each other but hey it got reported on and mm-hmm. and the boogeyman was was kind of memed into existence and really makes you think doesn't it mm-hmm, it sure does <laughs> but alex clark got up there and told women to not be like her <laughs> she's also the one that's telling women that the hormones and your birth control are gonna ruin how you look and and think and it's like that whole idea of oh the the, the birth control is how they control you and i, I just want to ask well you don't have any kids and um well you guys don't believe in abortion so it's only couple possibilities here i mean condoms are good and i'm not saying you shouldn't use them but they're not foolproof either so you, you yeah. do you do start to wonder you really 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 do so if she's up there telling women not to have careers and have kids which is the opposite of what she's doing it's like how many other things are you people lying about it's clear you have no shame yes and it's also kind of it's also pretty creepy because the Groomer obsessed crowd at TPUSA is doing this event and it's aimed at college age and even high school age girls. And uh, this isn't grooming. No. Nope. You're telling 16 year old girls to go out there and find a base trad husband. That's not, is that not grooming? Apparently not. Grooming is only when mm. they do it. Okay. 
Okay, I see. I, I get confused a lot. So yeah. thank you. I'm glad you're here to correct me. Indeed. So, I mean, we can, you know, you don't believe me. We can listen to Benny Johnson talk about what they do at this event. And here we are. Become a woman of value. Become a woman of value. There's no good men out in the world. There's no great men out there. Are you a great woman? Have you behaved like a great woman that would attract a great man? Well, there's two parts of this. Uh, attraction is magnetic. You have to have both ends of the magnet. So, uh, have you been a great woman? There ain't nothing wrong with being a trad wife. Being a trad wife's based. Men love this. Ugh. Yeah. Oh, he. It's. It's tough to listen to that. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to repeat that line, Benny's line there, because I think it is worth highlighting. He said, quote, have you been a great woman? There ain't nothing wrong with being a trad wife. Being a trad wife's based. Men love this. <sighs> I, like, Ew. Benny is 35, 40, and these are 16 to 23-year-old girls, and he's... Again, it's not grooming. We're, of course... Wow. We wouldn't accuse, we <laughs> wouldn't accuse these people of grooming. Well, whatever uh, it is, I think I need a shower. Yeah, I'm going to go Ugh. ahead. Let's let's pause this so I can yeah, yeah, hose myself yeah. down after that. Yeah, feel free if you're listening to the podcast and you feel the same way to go do the same thing after hearing that. Mm-hmm. Ugh, gross. Yeah. So, okay. So, let's talk about what we're really dealing with here. Well... I think when you get right down to it, it's sanitized white nationalism. Maybe it's PG-13 white nationalism with some glitter sprinkled in, so you don't really see it for what it is, but... Yeah, no, you're you're right. I mean, that that is what it is, and there's really no getting around it. Not if we're being honest with ourselves. I think we can probably highlight a few quotes from Madeline Peltz's reporting that really drive this home. She wrote, and this is on Twitter... I went to Turning Point USA's Young Women's Leadership Summit in Texas this weekend. Famous career women in right-wing media repeatedly told the audience of college and high school age girls, give up your dreams to get married and have babies. (laughs) The thread goes on and she mentions Candace Owens, or as she's known around these parts because she used to refer to herself as this, the female Kanye West, appearance at the event. Candace Owens closed out day two. Every ill that we are fighting right now in society has been brought forth by women. That's a direct quote. She said, Uh hyper-masculinity created Mussolini and Hitler. Now we're fighting an equal and opposite force, hyper-femininity. But I thought Hitler would have been okay if he stayed in Germany, Candace. I mean, didn't didn't you say that last year? Anyway, was Candace Uh. Owens invited to speak at the summit because she's such a great mother? No, of course not. It's because she's famous. And she's famous because she's single-mindedly ambitious and craven. Same goes for every single other speaker and TPUSA executives. Behind the scenes, Turning Point USA's events and marketing leadership are also populated by women. Chief Marketing Officer Marina Minos' biography says nothing of her achievements in the domestic realm. The same goes for the Vice President of Events, Lauren Tonsich. Yeah, later on in her thread reporting on this event, Peltz wrote, Alex Clark is a TPUSA influencer and the face of the Young Women's Leadership Summit. She opened the conference, quote, Young Women's Leadership Summit. Are you ready to see this degenerate, rotten culture that we've been living in get a makeover? Unquote. Then she compliments everyone's outfits. (laughs) 
<laughs> and then Peltz closed the, the thread by saying, Alex Clark doesn't even have children or a husband, yet she gave a speech on the, quote, top four lies of modern feminism, unquote, which are, according to her, birth control, abortion, fertility care, and daycare. Well. <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> You're not allowed to have birth control to stop a pregnancy. You're not allowed to have an abortion if you have an unwanted pregnancy. Fertility care? I actually don't know. Like that, is that? Apparently, that's another thing for them. They're probably warming it up for 2024 elections. But apparently, if you can't have kids, you weren't supposed to have kids. The Lord doesn't want you to have kids, so quit trying. Yeah, it's just all about God wills it mm -hmm. and you must accept it, I guess, essentially, right? That's why they don't want medical exceptions for things like ectopic pregnancies, because if you die from an ectopic pregnancy, well, you were supposed to. Yeah, yeah. Also, God, this whole group is a bunch of trad calves, and I'm pretty sure... The traditionalist Catholic, the pre-1960s Catholic Church was also not okay with condoms. Nope. So again, if she's adhering to what they're talking about here to the trad cath way, doesn't believe in condoms, doesn't believe in birth control, doesn't believe in abortion. Uh, why does she not have kids? Well, that's a hell of a great question. And, you know, I guess maybe her work at the Lord's TPUSA keeps her entirely too busy. <laughs> The Lord has not chosen to bless her nope. with that nope. horrible burden that she does not want yet. Nope. <laughs> nope. Saving it for marriage, I guess, or whatever I, it is I, she's doing. Well, I yeah, it is I am sure that is what she tells people. I am absolutely I am certain, having grown up in the church, that is very much what she probably tells quite a few people. And these people never <laughs> lie, so I mean, hey. Uh-uh. No, sir. No. There's a, not The Lord wouldn't let them. Nope. They'd kick them out of the Lord's turning point if they lied. Yep. Peltz wrote at the end, uh, yeah, it's a conference for college and high school students. At the summit, there was a very narrow vision of what a fulfilled woman is. If that doesn't include giving up everything to have children and marry a Christian man, something is fundamentally wrong with you. Charlie Kirk recommends you pray about it. <laughs> Because of course, <laughs> uh, of course. Yeah. And look, at the end of the day, this is their solution to the great replacement theory, which was mainstreamed and popularized by the white nationalist Twitter streamer, <laughs> Tucker Carlson, calling him what he is now. Uh -huh. He is a gaba gaba. We accept you. We accept you. One of us. <laughs> he puts up videos on Twitter. We made fun of people when they started putting Twitter spaces host in their in their bio. Yeah, <laughs> Tucker Carlson, the white nationalist Twitter streamer. Tell me it's wrong. I you know, tell. Go ahead and sue me, Tucker. You, you, I mean, down here with the rest of us, Tucker. <laughs> Welcome to the uh, monkey house. Yeah, but the the whole idea with behind Great Replacement is that there are evil, dark, and sinister forces that control everything in the world. Or as they call them when they're being honest, Jews. Uh, yeah, that, well, that's what they mean. Mm -hmm. That is, that, that's it. That's what they mean. They may not always say it. They dress it they up. Mean. They put some, they put some camouflage on it. They use words like globalists and cosmopolitans and various other things. But you go back and you look, that's what they're talking about. So here's the Southern Poverty Law Center explaining the Great Replacement. They wrote, the racist conspiracy narrative falsely asserts there is an active, ongoing, and covert effort to replace white populations in current white majority countries. 
In some periods of American history, paranoid narratives of white extinction have appeared to exist only on a radical fringe of racist political movements. In other periods, some of the nation's highest political office holders have repeated these ideas, leading to forced sterilization programs at the state level and a racial quota system becoming federal immigration law for four decades. No longer on the fringe, such narratives now have currency among some of the most powerful and influential actors in right-wing media and politics. The great replacement theory is inherently white supremacist. It depends on stoking fears that a non-white population which the theory's proponents characterize as inferior, will displace a white majority. It is also anti-Semitic. Some proponents of the Great Replacement do not explicitly attribute the plot to Jews. Instead, they blame powerful Jewish individuals such as financier and philanthropist George Soros or use coded anti-Semitic language to identify shadowy elites or globalists. We should note that the SPLC article goes on then to list the mass shooters who explicitly cited this conspiracy theory in their manifestos. Note, mass shooters with an S, not shooter. There have been many, and unfortunately, we have every reason to believe there will be more. Yeah, because even though this is all made up, and, and to be clear, what is made up is is the idea that this is being engineered or controlled by some secret shadowy cabal. Demographics in this country are changing, but how much control anyone has of that is, well, really, it's it's very little. Yes, economic and economic policies, political positions, choices are made and change. And that does affect immigration and ultimately affect demographics in this country. Is all of that somehow engineered to root out the existence of the white race? No. And and that is what people who are pushing this, this theory are claiming. So that is that is the difference. And they will say, oh, well, you think it's a conspiracy theory. Well, look at the demographics. Yes, of course, demographics change. Yes, there are more immigrants coming that are non-white than the number of white babies that are being born in this country. Right. But in, instead of looking to figure out, hey, how can we help uh, change the income gap? Or how can we make children more affordable? How can we raise income and wages so that people can afford to have children? That's not, that would cost money. That would yes. be an actual solution, which is not what these people are after. No, no, they don't want solutions. They want to be able to control what's left. And this is how they're doing it at this point. It's you know, it's always a conspiracy. Yeah. It's always some evil head and hand is in control of everything. You don't have any free will at all, but you can reject modern feminism. You can reject having a career. You can not follow your true purpose in life, but you can instead subjugate yourself to being a second-class citizen with a base tradcath man who will tell you what to think and feel all day long. You can look pretty, pump out babies, put up some TikTok videos and do your part to save the true and pure inheritors of this country's greatness from being replaced by the unclean and the impure. Yeah, and this sort of rhetoric is what spurs violent extremists to action because they're being made to believe that something must be done before it's too late. 
And they're told this isn't happening for a, a wide variety of reasons, but they are told that if they do not act now, then the white man's birthright and manifest destiny for America is going to be destroyed by these evil secretive forces with their high-powered space lasers. <laughs> it's uncomfortable to say this or even hear it, but it's it's what they mean, even if they're not actually saying it in the unclean and impure terms. The, the real white supremacists, the actual neo-Nazis, they say this out loud. These are the lines they use. And Charlie Kirk, Benny Johnson... Alex Clark and a bunch of women in TPUSA's corporate structure aren't really presenting anything different at these events. They would be shocked and appalled and aghast if someone said this to their face. But really, that's what's happening here. It's just slightly sanitized so as to not convince the women in the audience to run far, far away from these people. Yeah, it's unmistakable what they're doing here. And even though the speakers at these events would deny what we're saying up and down, it's the exact same ideas and principles. They're only hiding their true intentions just enough to get away with it in polite society. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I did want to share a, a personal story here because it, <laughs> it is relevant to the discussion. So I have three kids. I am white my wife is also white. Uh, feel like that disclaimer is necessary for this story. You'll have to bear with me. Um, <laughs> this is not a, not a not a brag here, just a statement of fact. We went out to breakfast the other morning at Waffle House, and I'm sitting with my three kids and an elderly gentleman, also a white man, who I did not know and had not scene he was sitting across the across the restaurant he paid he came over to us and looked at me and said thank you said um okay honestly that's all it took he's he he walked over to me smile on his face said thank you and because i am terminally online i kind of already knew where this was going <laughs> <laughs> and my wife just kind of looked at me and Granted, we live in Tennessee. It's the deep south. Fox News is a is very much a staple here. Mm -hmm. And I said, okay, sure, and kind of laughed. And he said, thank you again. Thank you for what you're doing to save this country. And that's when it was all confirmed. I had I had that sneaking suspicion. And I, you know, what are you what are you gonna do? I'm there with my three kids. My oldest is five. I have a six month old and you think, okay, well, this is a little deranged and uh, unhinged. And this is the type of person that I'm not sure how they're going to take me saying fuck off or get away from me. Um, so, okay. And a laugh. And honestly, I think I just laughed until he left because he was thanking me for having white babies mm -hmm. and saving America. And that's, and that's immediately, I mean, if I was going to say anything, it was like, Oh, so you, you did catch Tucker the other day, huh? Yeah. 
wasn't quite 14 words that he said to you, but I mean, he managed to get it done in less than 14. Let's be impressed. Yeah. And apparently I need a disclaimer or to have some sort of, you know, like I just, we just wanted to have kids when, and honestly, five years ago when we had our first kid, this was not a mainstream idea. This was something very much relegated to Gab and 4chan and it was there, it was around, but it was not mainstream. No. Um, but now it is mainstream enough that just sitting at a table with three white children is enough for a man to come up to me and thank me for saving America. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Indeed, that's just where we are. You know what you ought to do next time? If this ever happens, God forbid this ever happens again. Oh, I mean, it will, obviously. Right. They're not going to be, they're not going to stop being white. So I give them some stickers <sighs> and then tell them, you know, I do a podcast about this. You should really go home and listen to it. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> He'll learn something. I mean, <laughs> like, I just, uh, I, I, I had that when he said thank you. I mean, I had that thought of, oh, God, please don't be, please don't be that. Please don't be saying what I think you're saying. But I kind of knew mm-hmm. because this is Tucker has Tucker was on Fox talking about this for five years. Of course, it is seeped into the mainstream. Of course, it is in the national discourse now. Of course, it's not some guy who is on Gab, which 98 percent of the country has never heard of. This is a guy who maybe left Fox News on in his living room and he got pilled on white nationalism great replacement theory by Tucker Carlson. And now I have to like, yeah, have a, have a sign or a sticker or explain like, <laughs> y- yes, I had, I just had three kids. Cause I wanted three kids. <laughs> I, I wasn't like, I mean, yes, my wife is white. I, this was, this was not intentional. We got together like 12, 13 years ago. This was not a thing, okay? This, this was not a thing at the time. Uh, even when we had our kid, it was not a thing. Like, it never would have occurred to me. And we're talking about how many kids we're going to have. It never occurred to me that we, we had to plan for this. Well, because this was just not something that, like you said, was... 10 years ago, this wasn't mainstream. You had to go to Stormfront or someplace like this to find this kind of rhetoric. It was very out there kind of stuff. Yeah, it's it's the kind of thing where I guess if you went to like a Civil War reenactment, which <laughs> we still have those down here, and you found the weirdest guy on the Confederate side, the guy that nobody wanted to talk to. Yeah, about 10 years ago, that would be the guy who would know something about Great Replacement. And he would come up to... If this were 10 years ago, 20 years ago, somebody like me, what the fuck are you talking about? You know, normal person would say, okay, anyone, anyone know who's in charge of this man? Can you take Mm. him home, please? And that, that's what it would be. But now it's just literally some random guy at Waffle House and he doesn't even have to say it. And he still knows, or at least he thinks he knows that I get it. Yeah. And he thinks the average person gets it and he thinks that's why i had three kids which is insane we've gone from go home brad griffin you're drunk to the average dude in waffle house coming up and giving you the conspiratorial thank you for all you've done thank you Uh, yeah yeah i did this for you and and 
our ancestors and the glorious uh, Jesus. I mean, man, this is bad. This is very bad. And you don't shut this off. The toothpaste does not go back in. It is now out. This is mainstream. This is normalized. This is white nationalism. (sighs) Full stop. Indeed. Full stop. That's what this is. Well, speaking of white nationalists with some pretty unhinged ideas, there's an article out in the Atlantic called A Star Reporter's Break with Reality by Atlanta Plot Calabro that we definitely recommend you go read. It's about Laura Logan, a former CBS News and 60 Minutes journalist who went from a career as a award-winning investigative journalist and war correspondent to a QAnon-adjacent Mike Flynn-loving extremist whose views were too unhinged for Newsmax in about a decade. Yeah, that's that's right. It's, it's quite a story. Uh, and we often tell people on this show that radicalization can happen to anyone of any level of intelligence, any income, any education or background. And this is a really good example of what we mean. Logan was a big star. She was very successful, very well paid as a journalist, and she deserved the credit and accolades that she got for her work in the field. It was for a long time. She broke a lot of stories and then it all came crashing down. Right. And not at once, not not in a day, not after one wrong turn or one bad break. There were those. There were there were some bad moments in her life. You may remember the protests in Egypt in 2011. She was the female reporter that was on the ground that was gang raped by a group of protesters, rioters, what have you. There was essentially a mob of men who overcame her security detail and her crew and ripped off her clothes and gang raped her. Now, to get the full context of all of that terrible event, you need to read the story. And it's not for me to say what impact that had on Laura Logan, the person. It was a it was a terrible event. But there were off ramps for Logan, who, despite that terrible event in Egypt, did return to her job and worked at CBS for a number of years. The why of it is always hard to say without being that person there is there is no way to say but we know that at some point along the way she lost her center of gravity and essentially made her way to the pizzagate QAnon fringe reality in which democrats are dining on the blood of children that's a direct quote uh-huh. and they want you to eat bugs to survive yeah i think you're right I think the author of the piece is right. Logan, at this point in her life, is a true believer, despite the fact that, as Calabro wrote, for most of her professional life, Logan had not struck her peers as especially political, very moderate, quote, uh, one former colleague called her. She now began to shape a new worldview, one steeped in antagonism towards the media establishment she felt betrayed by and towards the figures and institutions she believed it served. It was a worldview that offered both absolution and purpose, and it was soon to find a partisan expression in Donald Trump. 
Yeah, boy, did it ever. And it still is because she's still on Twitter posting MAGA memes and Mm -hmm. amplifying Mike Flynn. And she's all in on the movement. The Atlantic story, though, is is really interesting. We'll, of course, include it in the show notes. I recommend reading it in full. I don't want to spoil it too much because it is it is really fascinating. Right. Let's just go ahead and give you one takeaway from that story. And for me, it's that she, for all the people who do this stuff, all the people who promote these ideas that are probably grifting, hustling, don't really believe it, talking out of both sides of her mouth, you read this article and you get the impression that's not her. She has found something that really makes her feel like this is the thing that she needed to make it all make sense. And it's sad, really sad. Yeah, no, it is. And I don't know, I read through this and I do see sometimes it's like a a trail of breadcrumbs and people get little nuggets of truth inside a greater lie and they, they just refuse to see the greater lie and they take the tiny little dropping of truth and draw some really outlandish and impossible conclusions. It's like taking nothing but, but circumstantial evidence that isn't really related and crafting a narrative. And we see that all the time on Twitter and of course, when, when anyone who does this, when anyone who takes, you know, these random QAnon type, a little dot here, a little dot there, a little that that they craft into some sort of narrative that makes sense to them, the the tell is, of course, these any of these people go to trial. Right. If, if they have to actually defend this stuff in front of a judge and prove it, they can't. And that needs to be something that I think people do do see and understand and and I've seen it too many times that there are, it's really easy to make some outlandish claims, to find some quote unquote evidence, to block everyone who disagrees and gain an audience that is sympathetic and wants to believe you. It is much harder to convince the average person on the street or much less a judge and a jury. Right. That is always one way to tell. But I think for Logan, looking at this, reading this, sitting with it, it is once again a reminder that no one is immune from falling into these traps. They are out there. You can get ensnared by them if you let them. Conspiracy theories of all varieties are now so easily accessible. Yeah. Every one of us could get taken in by one even a really unhinged one that will suck the life out of us. Given a certain set of circumstances, we're all vulnerable and be careful. Definitely. Definitely. And since we're discussing things that you should avoid at all costs, Andrew Tate is in even more legal trouble now as his ongoing case in Romania has just had the charges against him upgraded, which is awful news. Really? for the self-described misogynist Mm. influencer. I'm crying here. 
So it's bad terrible. for this guy. Gosh. Well, here's Reuters with the details. Romanian prosecutors said on Tuesday that social media influencer Andrew Tate, his brother Tristan, and two other suspects were being investigated for human trafficking in continued form, saying it was a more serious crime than separate counts of trafficking. The Tate brothers and two Romanian female suspects are under house arrest pending a criminal investigation for suspected human trafficking, rape, and forming a criminal gang to sexually exploit women, accusations which they have denied. The article stated that an additional victim has been added to the case against the Tate brothers, bringing the new total to seven women. The Reuters article went on to say, also on Tuesday, Romanian prosecutors said they had opened a separate criminal investigation against a Romanian man close to the Tate brothers on allegations of human trafficking and forming a criminal crime group to sexually exploit seven women. Prosecutors have said Vlad Abozic, whose social media platforms show pictures of him with the Tate brothers and two other suspects recruited their alleged victims by seducing them and falsely claiming they want a relationship or marriage. The victims were then coerced to produce pornographic content for social media sites with the suspects keeping most of the gains. Hmm. Quote, to ensure the victim's loyalty and that they will perform only to the benefit of the members of the group. They were forced to tattoo the name or face of the group member exploiting them, unquote. Prosecutors said in a statement. Jesus. Yes. That is dark. Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of reasons why Andrew Tate is an awful human. He runs an alleged multi-level marketing scam. He indoctrinates young men into a culture of misogyny and potential violence against women. He's involved in some shady casinos with apparent Eastern European mobsters. But the human trafficking charges are by far the worst thing he's been accused of. And he or one of his friends has kept his Twitter feed going while Tate has been in and out of jail in an apparent effort to keep posting through it. But again, while that might be a way to make a living online, it definitely remains a pretty flimsy legal strategy. Yeah, hopefully that bears out once again. So uh, best of luck to the investigators and prosecutors in Romania. Make us proud. Yeah, get his ass. Finally, we have to ask the important question that Fox News wasn't too afraid to shy away from. Is Joe Biden, not Donald Trump, the real wannabe dictator Americans should fear? Hmm. Yes, many people are wondering this. Some people are saying it's true. Most of those people are thinking it because Fox News put it up on the screen during one of their broadcasts. The Chiron on the bottom block of the TV read, Wannabe Dictator speaks at the White House after having his political rival arrested. I'm going to read that again. Quote, Wannabe Dictator speaks at the White House after having his political rival arrested. Unquote. It was a split screen with Biden at the White House and Trump in Bedminster, New Jersey, speaking after his arraignment at a Miami courtroom on Tuesday. Ken Benzinger, a journalist for The New York Times, reached out to Fox News over their decision to put that caption on the screen. He was told the Chiron was taken down immediately and was addressed. And at first, that was all they said. And we didn't hear anything more for a couple of days. But then... I don't know. I want to say truth, but let's say, but then the apparent truth, considering who we're dealing with here, the apparent. Probably as close as you're ever going to get. No, the apparent, the apparent truth, truth emerged. 
It seems the truthy. <laughs> it seems the wannabe dictator line came from a former managing editor of Tucker Carlson Tonight. Oh. He, oh, he had remained at the network after Tucker got fired. Not sure what he was doing, but he was still there. Apparently had access to the Chirons. <laughs> yeah, now this managing editor, Alexander McCaskill, is also out of a job, too. Mm. Tucker took to his white nationalist Twitter stream <laughs> to claim victimhood and attack both Fox and Joe Biden over this series of events. Of course, the title of Tucker's episode was Wannabe Dictator. Yeah, it seems Tucker left himself, what would we call that, a fifth column behind in the Fox offices when he left. And just got to say, best of luck to both sides in the Tucker versus Fox fight. Yeah, yeah, good luck, good luck. Mm -hmm. In any case, the orange guy, who's actually the real wannabe dictator, has been charged with a 37-count felony indictment. Which is all fake news, and we're not a cult, you're a cult. Mm, I keep forgetting. Yes. Of course, of course. Yes, yes. The the real crime, I think, is the fact that for the first time in his life, Trump is actually being forced to deal with legal consequences for his own actions that he took. <laughs> Re- that he took repeatedly he took. against the advice of so many lawyers and X. I mean, just everyone went down to Mar-a-Lago and begged him, like, don't do this. This is they're going to get you for this. Give the documents back. And he wouldn't do it. And he lied to everyone at some point. You look at that indictment and he's I mean, he lied to one attorney to get the other attorney to do a thing that then the third attorney lied to the second attorney about. The man is... Who knew that MAGA actually stands for making attorneys get attorneys? And then it seems that the the wonderful legal advice that Trump ultimately sided with was Tom Fitton over at Judicial Watch, who has a, <laughs> I believe, a, a, a BA in English. <laughs> he is not a lawyer. <laughs> the fine legal mind of Tom Fitton over at Judicial Watch. Oh, Lord. Oh, Oh, Lord. Yeah. Yeah. I did enjoy my feelings on the man are kind of mixed, but Trump's former chief of staff, John Kelly, he did have a fun quote in an interview with the Washington Post about all this. He said of Trump, quote, he's scared shitless. This is the way he compensates for that. He gives people the appearance. He doesn't care. By doing this, for the first time in his life, it looks like he's being held accountable. Up until this point in his life, it's like, I'm not going to pay you. Take me to court. He's never been held accountable before. But remember, in Fox News and more extreme MAGA media world, Joe Biden ordered the DOJ to go after Trump. And Attorney General Merrick Garland did this because he's still mad at Republicans for not giving him a seat on the Supreme Court. And special counsel Jack Smith is a corrupt prosecutor. And most important, Donald Trump did nothing wrong. Just look at his post on True Social if you don't believe us. Thanks for listening to the Did Nothing Wrong podcast. If you want to hear more, you can find us on the web at didnothingwrongpod.com. Please make sure you subscribe to get our content straight into your inbox. 
You can also follow us on Twitter at James, the word for, and the letter M, all one word, and Grizza BJJ, G-R-Z-A-B-J-J, as well as DNW Pod. We're extremely grateful for paid subscriptions and donations that allow us to keep doing this important work. Thanks, and remember, everyone mentioned did nothing wrong.